Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Amen. Thank you very much, Michelle. So let me just extend my welcome. My name's Mike, if we haven't met. Um, myself and my wife, Emily, and the four kids joined the church in September. I'm very lucky to be a training uh, vicar and ordinand here. So do come and say hello if we haven't met. So I was preparing for this talk this week, um, and I was thinking about the passage, and a story came to mind of a, a situation that happened in a workplace the way I used to work. Um, so I used to work at Gatwick Airport, loading planes. It was a terrible job, um, but it was terribly fun as well. And one night we were loading a plane. It was, I would say, maybe two or three in the morning. And we were loading this plane and we had a big lorry at the edge of the plane where the bags would be kind of tipped out. And yes, truthfully, they do get kind of chucked out the plane. But uh, they were being pushed out the plane and we were stacking them. And every plane we would go to, um, there would be these trucks that would turn up. And they were big like, we would call them bowsers, but they were big like tankers almost that would roll up towards the plane, back up. The driver would get out, he would walk around, get in a cherry picker and like go up towards the plane so they were nice and close. And they would get this huge tube, massive tube it was, like this, that they would click into the plane and then they would kind of lower themselves and press a few buttons. Um, and what it would do is it would suck all the waste out of the plane. Um, it was a pretty horrific job for the guys that used to do it. It was terribly smelly, terribly awful. And they would stand there for a couple of minutes, it would suck all the system, and you can imagine what's coming through it, we don't need to go into it. But every bit of waste that, goes, that happens in a plane, um, and along with all the blue chemicals, when you flush the, flush the toilets on the planes, you know you have all that blue stuff, the cleaner that comes through. And so all that's sitting in the tank. And so we're one morning, we're loading this, unloading this plane, and we suddenly hear this almighty bang, like an explosion. <laughs> and so we jump, off this, we jump off this lorry, we run around the plane thinking something's exploded, thinking like a, like a fueling truck's gone or something. But when we see that the tube of this waste pipe has snapped off, it is dreadful, right? <laughs> you can imagine the poor bloke that was standing there, this tube is above him, it snapped while well, the tube's on the floor and it is just covering him. Um, it was pretty smelly and he also looked a bit like a smurf. Um, but what do you do in that situation? We couldn't send him inside to have a shower, we couldn't say, yeah, go back into your locker and have a shower, because it was a biohazard. He was covered in this waste. So we had to call the fire brigade. So the fire brigade, of course, the airport had the fire brigade. And so what they did is they came and stood either side of him and hosed him down. Of course, not on full power, but they hosed him down. He was absolutely drenched. And so 
loosely keep that story in mind. <laughs> but thinking about it, we're talking about the Lord's love for us. The, the waste could be our human thoughts, our human actions. And the clean water covering him, cleaning him, is the Lord's love. There's three key points that I'd love you to take away from my talk. Firstly, is that God loves you. Is that the Lord loves you. In verse 7, John says, Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So this is our reassurance for us. This is, this is our love for, his love for us. So starting this, I want to say that no matter what we do, no matter what we say, no matter how we are as humans, we are loved. We've been born into the Lord's love. And he's saying that the one who loves God is the one that is experienced or is experiencing his love. So normally most Christians, most believers, I'm sure a lot of us in the room, have experienced the Lord's love at some point. Maybe when we first came to faith, maybe when we first started believing. Have a, a second, think back to maybe if you felt that love. Was it through a friend? Was it through a stranger? A, maybe a miracle? Maybe someone that prayed for you? There's so many ways that we can, can, can connect with the Lord's love. Jumping forward a little bit in our passage, John writes in verse 16, he says, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So John is saying here, whoever loves or whoever tries their best to love, the Lord loves them. And we don't need to fear because the Lord loves us. He's in us. He's filled us with this love. And I think this challenges us in a couple of ways, in two ways. Number one is that we're human. We make mistakes. And we don't all always act in a godly way. So how can we? And number two is we do fear. And we often take that fear into our own hands. We often um, fear that we're not going to come out the best in a situation or that we're not going to um, get the best outcome. Often we'll take that love into our own hands and say, well, if I do it for myself, maybe I'll get a quicker uh, solution or I'm going to get a better solution than, than, than what God's going to give me. This isn't the love that, or that isn't the love that the Lord is talking about or John's talking about here. Number two is that because God loves us, we need to love one another. John says in verse 11, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. I think this is something with us believers, Christians, struggle with. To love those close to us, to maybe possibly love those that we struggle with. There's going to be people in our lives that we do love, that are close to us, but we struggle to love them in a godly way always. So how do we take that step back in that situation and reflect and say, hey, Lord God, help me with this. How do I love this person in a way that you love me? From a parenting perspective, I have, like I said, I have four kids. I love them. But when they're screaming at me, and normally, like, not just one is screaming at me, if two or three are screaming at me, how do I then take that step back and say, hey, Lord, help me? 
Let, help me love them in a way that you love me. It's tough. And I promise I'm not saying this from a perspective of I'm perfect. I'm not. I'm nowhere near this. I make mistakes. I lose my nut all the time. But I'm human. And the Lord knows that. He loves us unconditionally. In verse 9, John says, This is how God showed us his love. God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This love that John is speaking about is the unconditional love. It's the love that I think truthfully as a church, not just HDC, but a wider church, throw around a lot. Saying, oh, the Lord loves you. Don't worry, the Lord loves you. But this is true love. So how do we, how do, we do this? This is not an emotion for God. This is not that, the fact that he's loving us one moment and then he changes his emotion. He stops loving you. That's simply not God because he is love. So us as humans, think about it for a second. If we are loving someone, if we are like besotted or opposite, you can think of it vice versa, if we are truly in love with someone, to then to turn, change our emotion, to then be slightly frustrated or angry at something, we have to stop feeling love. We can't feel both emotions at the same time. But he can. I'm sure he can feel cross and frustrated, and that can change, but the, his love stays still no matter where his frustration or other feelings can be. Maybe reflect back on if you're a parent or think of some children or a pet or something. We love them hugely, but our thoughts of love do change when they do something silly, they do something stupid, they do something that we've asked them not to do. God loves us within his own being because his nature is to love. It can't be earned, it can't be deserved. God loves us because it's his nature. It is him. This is a divine love. It's utterly different to our human love. So thirdly, at the last main point, is if you ever are in doubt, if you're ever struggling or need reassurance, remember what John says, that God is love. He says that this is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as an anointing sacrifice for our sins. When I was looking at this passage, I read a couple of translations and I really liked how the message translation put it. It says, God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that once upon a time loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins, the damage we've done to our relationship with God. While many of us wear poppies on Remembrance Day, we wear our poppies to honour those who gave their lives for service and sacrifice. As Christians, we should remember our sacrifice daily. We should remember the Lord's sacrifice for us. Just as a poppy reminds us of a soldier or someone that's died for the service of our country or for the protection of us, we can be reminded daily that Jesus Christ died as the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for us. That's the love 
that John is talking about here. I think something we, and I mean we, because I'm totally guilty of it as well, struggle with is we so easily forget about the incarnation, Jesus becoming human, and the crucifixion of when Jesus died for us. I think it's so easy to turn around and when we're struggling, when we maybe hit a, a low point in our lives, to, for us to turn around and say, Lord, why don't you love me? Or if you loved me, or if you did this, or Lord, if you really loved me, you'd let me do this. We need to remember this whole and true love that he sent his son to die for us. There's so many people within the Bible, I'm sure, that struggled of this. I mean, a list is going to come up. This blows my mind, and I think it's incredible. I'm not going to go through them all. But this is a list of people who struggled in the Bible. And I'm sure there are a few that you can relate with. There's definitely a couple I can. I've probably definitely felt like Jonah who ran from God. Definitely worried about things like Martha. Definitely like the disciples who fell asleep whilst praying. This is living proof. These are people that have been alive on this earth and have been so truly loved by the Lord. This week, whilst reading this passage, I was praying and thinking, and a Japanese art form came to mind, and I'm sure many of you know it, called Kintsugi. Kintsugi, I'm going to say it wrong now. And a picture will come up, and it is where an heirloom, normally a precious plate or bowl, gets handed down in generations, and at some point gets smashed, gets broken. And to put it back together, they glue it back together with uh, glue that's been infused with gold. And then they see this object, this bowl, as even more beautiful and even more precious because of what it's been through. Imagine this bowl, this plate, whatever you're imagining, whatever you're seeing, being us. How we've struggled, we've been through. But we are glued back together with the love of God. We're being bound, we're being held by the love for God, of his love for us. The gold strands in the china are binding us together. No matter where we struggle, no matter what we do, where we've maybe felt broken, he is holding us as one. The analogy I like to use is of my middle son, Toby, learning to ride his bike, and him pedaling, 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 and me holding onto the back of the bike, and him often thinking that I've let go but really I'm there holding him tight, not letting him fall. That's the Lord with us. We're all his children. We were all made in his image. We are all loved by him. He is always there holding us, no matter what we go through, no matter what we struggle with. So back to the horrible story at the beginning, the waste that we struggle with, the waste that's covered us, the water that the fire brigade used, is the Lord's love that's constantly flowing through us. Washing away that doubt, washing away that struggle, that worry. He is with us. And all those people from the Bible I mentioned earlier were loved, weren't they? They are people that we read about in the gospel, in the message. They are people that are loved, have struggled, struggled with some really major things. 
but the Lord was with them. So as the band come up, and as we reflect on how we are loved, I want you to reflect back onto those times where we maybe have struggled, maybe we are struggling currently, of when maybe we haven't felt loved, or maybe what we're going through right now is we're really saying, Lord, I need a bit more of that love. Remember that the Lord loves you. Because the Lord loves us, we need to try and love others. And if we're ever in any doubt, I need reassuring that God is love. He sent his love, he sent his son to love us as an anointing sacrifice for us. Amen.